Good morning, Angela Yee. Peace to the planet. It's Friday. Come on, get some applause or something, Dramo. Damn. We love a Friday. Throw some confetti. What's the confetti sound? Next week is a holiday weekend, so I'm looking forward to it. That's that. right, because it's my born day, June 29th. Drop on the clues bombs for 629. Okay? That's a holiday. What's the holiday for real? Well, 4th of July, not your... Oh. Not your birthday. Humor me, ye. <laughs> Jesus. All right, we're watching the news. We're looking at this uh, Florida building collapse. We'll Crazy. talk more about that in front page news, but that is really sad. Yeah, I didn't know that building was that big. You said it was... 90-something people trapped under the rubble? Well, they said 99 people are unaccounted for. Unaccounted we don't know where for. they are, but it's 12 stories, uh, that building. So. Man. And so far, they said at least three people are dead, but it's 136 units. How does that happen? Like, how um, does the building just collapse? So I was reading that. They said that it had been sinking over the years. The building was built in, like, the early 80s, and they said wow. starting in the 90s, they could see, like, it was starting to sink. And I guess, you know, I mean, we'll see. They're They're investigating it still, but... That is something they said had been happening. It's been a slow process, but it was... Uh, Did they tell people that before they purchased the condo or rented the condo? Because I'm sure, you know, you tell me that, that the building is sinking. I don't think I'm investing my money in that. Right. Well, right right now, I would do want to say the cause of the collapse is unknown, but they did say that they had been... That was in the process of getting a recertification, so mm-hmm. that's why they had already been doing all of that, but we'll talk more about it. Damn, that's scary. Um, we got a special guest today. Uh, his name is Mike Bear. He is a life coach. Okay, he has a new book out called One Decision, The First Step to a Better Life. He's been here before, and Mike is always Mike is always good for a great conversation, right? Right. Are we supposed to have Sean Paul today, too? Sean yes. Paul? Yes. Yes, Sean Ed. Paul is joining us. Sean Paul! I wasn't here <laughs> for that Why do you one. have to do that? <laughs> his name is Sean Paul. Sean Paul! Don't you got to roll the pull? No, you don't. Oh. Because his name is Paul. Okay. Sean I remember, Paul. I used to think Sean Paul was really like a Puerto Rican from the Bronx pretending to be um, Jamaican. No, he's definitely fully Jamaican. No, he is. He is. But I used to think. I don't know why I used to think that. Somebody <laughs> told me that and I ran with it. And it's interesting because, you know, we've had Miss Pat here, who's mm-hmm. the owner of VP Records and founder of VP Records. And he was the most successful artist to date on VP Records. Really? Yeah. That's saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, they did the deal with Atlantic Records, but mm-hmm. they, a lot of people, a lot of, of artists who dance hall and reggae started off on VP Records and he was one of them. Okay. So we talked to Sean Paul today as well as life coach Mike Bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we got in front page, Nuji? Well, we are going to talk about this collapsed Florida condo that was sinking for decades, as we said. Um, yeah. Let's get started with that because that is still breaking news. They're still trying to find people. All right. Dramos. Give me a big tune, Dramos. Big tune. What we got? Oh, Great. God. Huh? Drake. Okay, I'm sure it's a, all right. Well, Drake talks just like you. That's right, champagne patois. <laughs> hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Gee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, last night, the Clippers beat the Suns 106 92. They lead uh, the 
They said the Suns lead the series. Suns two to one. Series two to one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tonight the Hawks take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, what else we got? Easy. Well, we were talking about this Florida building collapse right now. They're saying so at least three people are dead. As many as 99 people are unaccounted for. It was a 12-story mm. residential building that partially collapsed. Very tragic day. It had 136 units. They said approximately 55 of them collapsed along the Northeast Corridor. And so here is Nicholas Balboa. He was walking his dog. He was on the scene. And here's what he had to say about the building. You know, I, I had heard the, the crash. Um, I felt the ground shake. It felt like an earthquake. It was just horrific. Um, the first thoughts that came to mind were the images of, of 9-11. You know, debris everywhere. Um, just a complete and total mess. Um, I mean, I was thinking to myself, just, you know, how, how could anybody survive this? They said that building was 40 years old, and it was under... Uh... I guess every couple of years they have to check they check the structure of the building. So they were actually checking the structure of the building. But I guess if they would have did it maybe last year, maybe they'd been, been able to help those people. But so it's, sad. I man. know, man. I can't help but feel for them. Because imagine just being in your crib, your place of residence, your place of peace, and then everything just around you collapses. Right. Well, they were undergoing a 40-year recertification process that involves electrical and structural inspections. They said that it had been sinking at a rate of about two millimeters a year in the 1990s, and they said the building did have some kind of unusual movement. But the study that they were doing was focused on flooding hazards, not on engineering concerns. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. that's why the mention of the 12-story condominium only appeared in one line of that study when they were uh, looking at all the buildings. Now, Nicholas Mm -hmm. Balboa also talked about saving a little boy, because like we told you, there's at least 99 people who are unaccounted for, and uh, this is really sad. I heard a voice that can you see my hand and uh, the little boy, little 10 year old, he was sticking his hand up through the debris. You know, we, we made an effort to, to try and get to him. Um, once we were able to locate him, you know, I took my phone and began to flash my light uh, to try and signal somebody to come over. We got a police officer to come over. So then they, they began their efforts to get him out. It was him and uh, his mother. You know, we, we could hear him. We could see him clearly. Uh, oh, mom, I, I, we weren't able to see. We weren't able to hear her. So I, I don't know uh, what her status is. Oh, oh man, a little boy, and then they can't even get his mom. Sturdy structures of a building that has to be done from the beginning, though, correct? Like, can you go back in and change the foundation of a building, make the structure stronger? Can yeah, you? you can. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can. There was another woman uh, I was watching the news yesterday. She said she just got off the phone with her mother, who lived Lord in the building, mercy. and her mother was like, "Hey, I'm gonna send your daughter this dress." So she ordered the dress, and she hasn't heard from her mother since. Her dad also lives, but her dad was out on business. But she's saying the dress is going to come today from her mom to her daughter. And uh, she's like, it, it, that dress is going to be, it's going to mean so much to the family because that's the last thing the mom mm-hmm. purchased for the granddaughter. Well, let's not, so let's, yeah, and hopefully the mom's still. Right. And when you talk about the the building sinking and the foundation, really, you know, parts of Miami are sinking. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the issue. And they were trying to do a study to determine what areas could be most impacted by sea level rise and by coastal flooding. And so I don't know that it was really anything you could do. Mm. So this climate change, is it? I, I, I mean, it can be attributed to that, but man. yeah, that's that's been an issue in Miami for a long parts, time. Yeah, <laughs> and then Pablo Rodriguez, who um, who was there, he said that the night before, uh, him and his mom heard some noises and they had a warning. She just told me that she had woken up around three, four in the morning, um, and had heard like some creaking noises, um, but that. That, that was it. And then I, I just thought it was, you know, nothing. She just didn't sleep well, and that, that was it. Um, so she didn't really pay any attention to it either. It was just like a comment that she she made offhand. Like, that's why she woke up, and then she wasn't able to go back to sleep afterwards. Mm-hmm. But now, in, in hindsight, you know, you always wonder. 
Man, whatever you're going through, uh, trust me, there's always somebody out there going through something worse. A bunch of us woke up this morning with, with some issues. But if you put your issues down next to somebody else, I bet you take yours back because you would not want to be in the situation they're, they're in right now. Absolutely. All right, well, Joe Biden has approved Florida emergency declaration after that collapse. And so a White House statement was released around 1 a.m. The president did authorize the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA to coordinate all disaster relief efforts, which have the purpose of alleviating the hardship and suffering caused by this emergency on the local population to provide in, um, to provide appropriate assistance for required emergency measures. Hey. All right, and that is your front page news. Definitely prayers up, man. If you're a praying person, pray for them individuals in Miami. Lord have mercy. Absolutely. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Hello, who's this? This is Antoine. Hey, my guy. I got the right person. You got us on speaker or something? Yeah, I got you on speaker. Can you take us off right fast? Put the phone in your mouth. Shut up. My, my guy, Envy. Tune in, Envy, y'all. Listen. You, 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 you great, man. You great. Thank you. you uh, like I said, you helped me back in the day. They don't even know. Envy, Envy. You be telling them rappers, damn rap, man. We was there. We you brought the whole audience. I love what y'all doing. You got the right thing right there, cause y'all all love, man. I was copying CDs and I was one of the guys. I ain't gonna lie, I was I was bootlegging, but I put, <laughs> I put it out there. How you old? Are, I mean? how, how old are you, King? I'm 38. Okay. You brought it all the way in there, man. So stop hating on my boy, Charlemagne. Shout out to you. We got mad love for y'all. Thank you. All right, King. Thank you, brother. See okay, what happens when you listen you. to me, though? There was a blast from the past. I told him put his phone in his mouth, and he sounded amazing. Stupid, man. Hello, who's this? Good morning. Hi, my name is Wendy. Hi, Envy. Hi, hi Angelique. Good hey, morning, Wendy. Charlamagne. Peace, Queen. I love you guys. We love, love you. So I'm calling because I am wrapping up the cancer game today because my birthday is on Monday. My hey. birthday. Hey. Happy birthday. Cancer birthday. gang. Cancer gang. Thank you. Mine is Thank Tuesday. You. I'm right behind you. One time for the I birthday. I know. That makes us family. You already know how cancers are. We all related. All the way. That's right. Back. What you about to do for your birthday? Cry? Um, no, I'm going to staycation home, okay? So I took a whole week off. Nice. stay home. Okay. I kicked my kids out the house. They had to go see their grandma. And mom is going to take some R&R for herself. That's I love good. that. I love it. Where do you live? I live upstate New York. Okay. I'm originally from Farrakaway, Queens, but I live upstate New York now. Hey, take that time for yourself. Self-care is important, Queen. Enjoy the weather. Bye. Enjoy yourself. Have a spa day. Do what you need to do at home. It's going to be beautiful. Yes, it is. Thank you very much. I just had to celebrate it with y'all because you guys make my day every day. And if it wasn't for you guys to address all of the mental health, my sons and I would not be in therapy and taking care of our mental health. I got therapy today at 2.30, baby. Well, I got therapy the day after my birthday. Hey, okay. hey, let's, do, let's go, let's go. Well, happy birthday again. Happy birthday. Thank, thank you. Happy birthday, Charlemagne. Thank you, baby. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. 
This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Marce from Melbourne, Florida, Charlotte's favorite place. Hey, Marce. <laughs> Good morning. Get Good it morning, Marce. <laughs> Hi. Um, so I got fired for being black. What? Explain. Yeah. So my boss, he fired me on the spot because I told him I felt like he was treating me differently than other coworkers. And he was like, oh, if you feel like that, okay, you're fired. And he effective immediately. And I was like, what did I do wrong? What? And, um, <laughs> That's I it, ridiculous. Yes, and he did it in front of customers, mind you. That's crazy. You approach your boss and you tell your boss you treat me other than different than other employees. You should definitely be able to go <laughs> and, and speak to your you. boss about that and come to some type of resolution. He fires you. That's he proved her right. Yeah, it, it happened a, a little while back ago, and I made a lie about it. Like as soon as it happened, because I was just so hurt about it. And um, it, re- it reached out to a few people locally, and they called the restaurant, um, but uh, they didn't really do anything about it. Supposedly, the head manager that was working there, or he owns the, the restaurant. Um, he was watching on the cameras of what happened, and they said that he didn't care. Mm-mm-mm. Got you. I wonder if you have any type of legal action you could take. I don't know. I tried to call Morgan and Morgan, and they said there's really nothing they can do about it because um, they can't prove that it was you know, inequality. Mm-hmm. But um, I always knew he was treating me differently. He would, like, side-eye me, and I would say good morning to him, and he would really say good morning back. I thought it was my anxiety. So I had really bad anxiety, so I thought it was just that. But um, come to find out... Um, at my job that I'm at now, um, there's somebody else who worked there too, and they said that um, they uh, felt like they were being racist too. I was like, what? And Y'all need to go to your local news and make sure you make some noise about this. I haven't heard the racism part of it yet, though. You said you got um, fired so, for being black. I haven't heard, you haven't given us anything to back that up yet. So um, I asked him, um, is it because that I, I'm black? And he would respond. He just didn't say why. Um, I came in one day and because my schedule um, wasn't on, we have like this app where we do, or where we find out what our schedule is. And I wasn't on my schedule. And I um, I just blatantly asked him if it was because I'm black. And he just got <laughs> really mad at me. And, and he just kept walking away. And um, I just kept asking him, um, what did I do wrong? So you just asked him, you, were, you weren't on the schedule, so you just asked him, am I not on the schedule because I'm black? <laughs> you do know no, you work because, for the company. Um, no, you, hold, because, you, hold, um, you hold on, mama. You hold on. I can kind of see why you would fire her. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I understand if you feel like there's not a lot of black people here and you side IME and doing all of this, like, what's the reason? I'm just a little exhausted after talking to her. I can totally see why. That was, that was four minutes. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Yo, 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 Charlemagne the God. Peace, King. Hey. What's up, brother? As first and foremost, I want to say happy Friday to y'all. Woo, happy Friday. We out here. Happy Friday. Turn up. Listen, I want to do both. I want to get off my chest and get positive vibes, right? Let's do it. Because, hey, Charlamagne, you got me. Listen, my pops passed away last week. Last uh, week. Sorry to hear that, bro. 
Sorry to hear that. That was Father's Day, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. My condolences. Great man. Good man. Now, on my on my turns, I was in Miami with my shorty when he passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. Our condolences. Hey, hey, not even that. I had a whole threesome. Okay. And I got left out. How oh, you, you got left out of the threesome? So you ain't have no threesome then. Yeah, yeah, you actually were just watching. You know what two you know what two minus one is, right? Yeah, I was watching real life four. Why did you say out. two minus one? Oh no, I meant to say three minus one. <laughs> hey, hey, boy, you went to Phoenix, boy, your math off. But, hey, yes, it is. Not only that, <laughs> not only that positive vibes. I love well, did you, Miami. Did you enjoy watching? Yeah, because I left in Miami and took out the shorty with me. She's freaky. Okay. All right, bro. Well, congratulations, don't leave her, bro. Don't I like her around your girl, cause yeah, I love your nah, range of emotions. I'm single. I love your re- range of emotions. You went from mourning <laughs> your father to t- celebrating a threesome, then to Goodness being gracious. upset about it because you were left out. Lord have mercy. To leave Get it, it with off the your girl. Chest. 800 <laughs> We got rumors on the way. Yes, and Magic Mushrooms. What celebrity is going to be the first one to launch their own line? of these magic mushrooms. All right, we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, this magic mushroom line is going to be launched by Bob Marley's family. The family's Marley One brand will launch these psychedelic mushroom products later this year in markets where it's legal, like in Jamaica. And they're doing this in partnership with Silo Wellness. So could be interesting. And you guys have never tried it. No. No, I was supposed to do it uh, for New Year's Eve as part of a part of a, a spiritual ceremony, but I punked out. All right. Well, this uh, line of products will include gummies, capsules, and cosmetics. And according to Bob Marley's widow, Rita Marley, she said in a statement, we know Bob would be proud of what we're building. Our family has always revered the ancient history and transformative potential of nature's gifts. I also don't like when people present the shrooms and like, you know, it'd be like in chocolate form and candy. Like if I did it, I would want to do it like Like fresh out the dirt. Oh, the tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would like to do it fresh out the dirt. The mushroom actually like, you know. As opposed to being in a candy. I don't know that you want that. But, you know, it doesn't really taste good, so that's why people try to disguise the taste in different things. Mm. But one one way it does taste good is if you have it in, like, a tea. I think mm-hmm. that's a, a good way to try and it. And what's the difference between that and the way the edible makes you feel? I, I I don't know. I don't know anything about magic mushrooms. Um, Mushrooms are more hallucinogenic, so you might have, like, some hallucinations. Gotcha. And I also feel like it's very mood-enhancing, so whatever type of thing you're feeling, if you're not in the best of moods or whatever, and you're not around good people, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're around good people and you're in nature, it's... You know, decent. And I would also recommend if you've never done it to microdose so that you don't go overboard. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Muhammad Ali's grandson is set to make his pro boxing debut. Nico Ali Walsh, the 20 year old grandson of Muhammad Ali, has signed a multi fight contract with Top Rank. He'll make his pro debut in a four round middleweight bout. That's going to happen on August 14th and it will be televised on ESPN. Big shoes to fill, King. Mm-hmm. Young King. Yeah. So. Listen, we should be watching that. We want to see how he does. Yeah, and I mean, not just Muhammad Ali, you know, the, his, the Layla. What would Layla be to that young man? Um, yeah, he's the son of Rashida Ali Walsh. So his aunt. His aunt, okay. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Cardi B says that female rappers are the most disrespected. Now, someone had posted, unrelated, but I hate how women rappers can perform and have whole-ass choreography routines and still get criticized and picked apart, while men rappers just walk around in one circle, jump up and down, giving the bare minimum with no criticism at all. Cardi responded, female rappers have to bust their ass on performances, great visuals, hours on makeup, hours on hair, pressured by the public to look perfect, make great music, and yet are the most disrespected. It's always, they not good enough. What's new? It's boring. Why her, not me? Women are, are critiqued more, but we we definitely clown the hell out of male rappers who just stand around on stage. Because back in the day, when Busta and DMX and Method Man, Redman, Redman, mm-hmm. boy, when they 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 changed the game as far as performances. But a woman couldn't do that at all. Like there's guys that people will still go see and be like, "Well, I love his songs, so I sing along." But for women, if you did that, they'd be like, "She's whack. She's terrible." I don't really hear that as much about men. All right, now Lil Duval has uh, stirred up a Twitter debate. He said, Lil Baby is this generation's Jeezy, and the baby is this generation ludicrous. And so people were commenting on that. Um, uh, rap-wise, Lil Baby reminds me more of T.I. Because when T.I. first came out, folks thought he was dope, but slowly but surely he became that that dude. You know, over time, folks started recognizing how how dope Tip was. And it, it seems the same to me with Lil Baby. Like when Jeezy dropped the screeches watching and Trapper Die, that was just a different movement, man. Not saying T.I. wasn't a movement. It just took a while for people to catch on to Tip, but... Jeezy was out the gate. These comparisons always are, you know, people are always going to debate that, especially mm-hmm. when you have favorites. All the, right. The baby and Ludacris, I can, I can see I that. I guess the animation, how, how animated the baby yeah, is. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And the baby can really rap, just mm-hmm. like Ludacris can really rap. Now, yeah. the baby's also launched his own fashion line with Boohoo Man, and so they said it's coming sooner than you think. Men's Fashion Magazine actually reported this capsule was co-created by the baby over virtual meetings between Charlotte, North Carolina, and Manchester, England. It's 100 pieces. They ex- expect to be included in this limited edition collection. They said it perfectly embodies his bold, creative, and colorful style. So it's going to drop on June 30th. Okay. Check that out and get some of that. And he also put out a new song. Dropping the clues bonds for the 704 Queen City, Charlotte. The baby, what's happening? I haven't seen the whole video, but I saw a snippet of it. So, I mean, that's another reason there's, you know, the baby ludicrous comparisons because the baby's video is always so animated. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, uh, every hour we're playing a new song Doja Cat? Yes. Featuring The Weeknd? That's right. You're okay. right. No, you're right. You're right. Doja Cat got a record with the weekend? Yeah, and it's called You're right. right. Oh, that's what it's called? Yeah, it's called You're Right. Oh, I thought y'all were just talking to each other. No, no, it's called You're Right. Okay. You, you never heard Envy say that to me before. Well, You're Right? You're Right. I ain't never heard Envy tell nobody You're Right. You're Right. All right. You left. <laughs> All right, so we'll get that on in a second. And we got front page news. What are we talking about? Derek Chauvin is going to be sentenced for the murder of George Floyd, so let's make sure we pay attention. All right. Mr. Breakfast Club, good morning. Let's go! Let's go! Yeah, it's the Breakfast Club. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Don't let weak hair hold you back. Carol's Daughter's Goddess Strength Collection supports hair as it gets longer for hair that's 15 times stronger after one use. Available at carolsdaughter.com and your local retailer. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning on this Friday. I ain't here the weekend on that record. I was listening to he was on there? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you right. You right. You right. <laughs> Let's get some front page news. 
Last night, the Clippers beat the Suns 106-92. The Suns lead the series 2-1. The Hawks take on the Bucks tonight. Mm-hmm. Now, what else we got, Yee? All right, well, Derek Chauvin will be sentenced, and that is for the murder of George Floyd. That was the murder conviction he received on April 20th. He was found guilty on all three charges, which is second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Now, according to Minnesota law, he will only be given a sentence for the severest of those three because they all arose out of the same behavior. He also has no criminal history of conviction, so they presume that his sentence will be a prison term between more than 10 and a half years and 15 years. They also know that he's planning to appeal, and he does have that right to do that. So what they did say is they know for sure that he's going to go to jail. Is it just me? Is it just me or does it seem like quiet for this Derek Chauvin sentencing? Like, I knew it was happening today, but I would think as high profile as this whole George Floyd mm-hmm. situation has been, it would be a lot more noise quiet. around this situation. It's been it's been very quiet. Today. I feel like we should be screaming, hey, y'all, Derek Chauvin over here getting sentenced today. Well, that's why we're making sure that we talk about it. Seems Word. like they vandalized two uh, George Floyd statues. It seems like that one was louder. One of them louder. was in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, one was, was Brooklyn, one was in Newark. That seems like that was louder than the whole, the whole, the whole case. But By the way, 10 to 15 years would be a travesty of justice. 10 to 15 years for the murder of George Floyd. That's what they're saying he's going to get? No. But that's what, that's what they're assuming it's going to be somewhere between Come on, man. That. For cold blood you know, and prosecution murder? prosecution asked for a 30-year prison sentence, but they're thinking it's going to be somewhere between 10 and a half and 15 years. It's that's black people doing. in jail doing double that for marijuana, and marijuana is legal all over the country. So, right, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what uh, local activist Nakima Levy-Armstrong said. I think about all the African-American men who are in prison for 25 years to life for nonviolent drug offenses. Right. And compare that to what Derek Chauvin did. It definitely shows that we have two systems of justice in this country. That's right. All right, now the CDC has also extended the eviction moratorium. It's now July 31st, so it's another 30 days that you have where you cannot get evicted after... Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic took hold of the country. So they're assuming this is also going to be the last moratorium. You said they put it to when? What date? July 31st. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is for federally backed uh, mortgages. So just get ready to know that after that, you know, it is. And if you're a renter, you can't. But you have until July 31st. All right. Now, Pennsylvania police had to stop an exorcism in Home Depot. OK, that's what I'm talking about. In the lumber aisle. Now, the police claim they were called to Home Depot on report of disorderly people having an exorcism. It was for the dead trees. And <laughs> dead trees. Lumber uh, mad expensive right now, too. Uh, <laughs> Lumber is dumb high for price-wise, but go ahead. The exorcists were escorted out of the building, but they said <laughs> it's a very unusual thing that, that happened. I didn't know that you do exorcisms on the dead. I thought the whole point was you do exorcisms on the living to get the, de- the demons and the devil out of them. I, I didn't know you did it on trees. Do you have audio? I thought you did it Especially on people. Especially dead no, trees. No, we don't have audio. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, one person said on social media, how does a wood exorcism happen in 2021 and not a single person in Home Depot video? Not one goddamn person. For entertainment, I need answers. Y'all videotape every damn thing else, but you ain't videotape people doing an exorcism in, in, uh, in Home Depot on some lumber? My goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, what are we doing when we come back? Who we doing, Eddie? <laughs> hey, producer. Why do y'all know, not know what's going on? Because usually we get a sheet of what's going Mike on Bayer. today. What are you pointing at? Mike Bayer. Oh, Mike Bayer. Coach Mike Bayer. Oh, okay, okay. yes. Uh, life coach Mike Bayer. He has a new book out, One Decision, The First Step to a Better Life. Mike is always a great conversation, and um, can't wait to talk to him. He'll be joining us next. All right, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Yep, Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. We are The Breakfast Club, and we got a special guest here who's got a new book out called One Decision, mm. The First Step to a Better Life. Mike Bear is back on The Breakfast Club. Thanks good morning, my brother. Me, man. How are you, sir? <laughs> it's good to be here. It's great to have you, man. One Decision, The First Step to a Better Life. What What is that one decision, Mike? Oh, man. I mean, we're one decision away from everything. Mm-hmm. From getting in trouble, Disaster. to making money, mm-hmm. <laughs> to being in a good relationship, bad relationship, mm-hmm. and it's like, why do getting we... Getting an STD. <laughs> getting an STD. <laughs> 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 getting pregnant. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's all about Cheating. choices, though. It's all about it, and, yeah. it, and we make over 30,000 decisions a day, and mm-hmm. we often don't look back at our decisions until we go, oh my God, that was the worst decision I ever made. Wow. So right. I was... In this book, I just wanted to write out and help people figure out for themselves how to make decisions that lead to a better life. And the last time I was here, I had you guys do an exercise, so maybe I'll have you do an exercise while I'm here again. I'm with it. Because, you know, I I always say, man, destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. Mm. But it's like, yo, when you're younger, you don't always make the best choices because you don't really have all the information. Or you make decisions based upon who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Right? That happens for a lot of people is... You know, it's just like if you hang out with people who make more money, you typically make decisions that make more money. If you right. hang out with people who do drugs, you typically make decisions mm-hmm. that do drugs. So, But it's not until we get in trouble or there's a crisis that we sit back and we go, oh, my God, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. So I want to help people figure out ahead of time how to set themselves up. I didn't even ask you how are you, man. I mean, how I'm are, good. How, no, seriously, how are you? None of us are the same mm. as we were before the pandemic. So how how are you? I'm good, man. Okay. okay. Yeah, like, uh, so one of the businesses I have is a treatment center. Mm -hmm. So we used to have, like, it's called cast centers. We used to have maybe 80% drug addicts and alcoholics, and now it's like 80% mental health. Wow. Yeah, so a lot of people in our lives have really struggled with that. So we're seeing a huge increase. But I think everyone went through a hard period of time. Absolutely. A lot of times the drug use comes from the mental health issues that they haven't dealt with, so it's a lot of self-medicating. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people stop blaming, they realize now they're not blaming COVID anymore. Yeah. yeah. You could blame COVID for like 18 months. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> but now you got to like figure out your life. So, but I'm good. I'm out here. It's it's Gay Pride Week. This is the gayest thing I'm going to do all week. You, you look, you look, you look like you leaned out too. I did. I've been doing jujitsu like okay. five days a week. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm a big guy. I'm 6'5", 270. But I honestly don't think I was a good fighter or could defend myself. Like, I don't think people picked on me because I'm a big guy. Right, mm-hmm. just, <laughs> but, like, I actually, I feel like I probably would claw someone. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, like, <laughs> you know, like, if it really came down to the moment, I wouldn't be like, come on, Mike. Like, I'm not a boxer. But you would do jiu-jitsu. But now, but now I do jiu-jitsu, and I have a lot more confidence when I walk down the street. Way to reinforce stereotypes, Mike. You claw somebody in a fight? Jesus. Well, now, let's talk about seeing those obstacles as opportunities, right? Yeah. That's something that you discuss in the book. And yeah. you also personally talk about things you've done in your own life yep. where you had obstacles, but instead of saying, I can't write this book because, you know, I'm dyslexic, you'll say, uh-huh. okay, you know, actually the reason why I can do these things, I see the opportunity in it. Or even overcoming being addicted to crystal meth. Some people yeah. might feel like, you know, I can't do anything because I'm a drug addict, but having to make those decisions and seeing those opportunities, how important has that been for you, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think until you get to the other side, it's really hard to help other people. Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, God or universe has created issues for myself Mm. that have been obstacles. So like being addicted to drugs, like we talked about last time, like crystal meth. I didn't talk about last time being gay. Like Mm -hmm. that sucked. That was like an awful experience for me for many years of my life, but I can't blame that anymore. Right. 
I got to go, okay, that's an opportunity to be stronger, to be more focused, mm -hmm. to help others, to yes. tell my story, right? So you have to kind of look at, is it an obstacle or is it an opportunity? If you're in an obstacle, you get kind of stuck being a victim. Mm -hmm. what, what sucked about being gay, the fact that you just couldn't be free about it at the time? I what it was. When I was growing up, I saw RuPaul and Village People. And I didn't feel like close to either one of those. Right. So now I the just, representation is what you needed to see. Yeah, like, like I went to play is... basketball at Fordham. So mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know what it was. Mm. There really wasn't social media. Like I kept trying to hook up with women. Mm -hmm. You didn't like but it? But it was like, the, it just felt weird. You know what's so interesting about that? Because I'm just thinking about the way society is structured. There is no space that teaches gay people about that their their sexuality because it's always man woman that's what they show you know what and I mean. And if it does, it's in the clubs, yeah, or the bars, or it's camp, yeah, or it's like eccentric and flamboyant. There's not a lot of like, wow, hey, let's talk about this. And I went to Catholic school where they taught mm. you about a gay like graded on an exam about whether being gay was a sin, right? What? So like that stuff. Like, but again, it's like cool. I get to take that past pain. And use it as an opportunity to help others. And it makes you a lot more empathetic to other people, too, when you've been through things like that. Did you ever feel like someone was going to out you? Yes. I had a fake girlfriend. Her name was Heather. <laughs> and uh, I used to bring her to the dances. You know, I went with mm -hmm. a homecoming queen. I was captain of basketball team. I bring this girl, Heather, around, who's really attractive. She went to another school. Well, right then, MySpace started happening, and Heather met one of the football players mm -hmm. at my high school. And Heather told the football player... That I was gay. Yikes. Oh my gosh. Why yeah, so that's that? how, it, and then everyone was calling me like, hey man, this is f***ed up, man. Everyone's saying you're gay, bro. Like that rumor, and then in the meantime, I'm just like, oh man, like. What's f***ed up is terrible. Heather was a terrible beard. That's what she, <laughs> that was a bad decision. Was, that was exactly, <laughs> right? You picked the wrong one. Right? Yeah, but, but who, you can't predict I mean, when did you guys know people? you were straight? Or are you, are you straight? Both of you? I, um, yeah, I think I so. Am. Yeah. As far as I know, know. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't I met the right guy yet to, turn, to make me feel otherwise. <laughs> I'm married, Mike. All right, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I never, I never thought about it. I never questioned it. I never thought about other women in that way. Yeah. You know, I've always really enjoyed penis. <laughs> <laughs> penis. I didn't want to curse. But yeah, I, I've never even been attracted to women, so I guess. But have I you had women hit on you? Yeah, absolutely. And what do you say? I say, oh, I have a boyfriend. Got it. Do I'm you like? A, do you like how it feels? It's fine to me. It doesn't bother me. I feel like it's the same as if men hit on me. It doesn't really affect Got me. It. I think men, for some reason, get more offended, and I also feel like guys like girls who are bisexual. Or gay. I've yeah, no girls are like turned on by their guy liking other guys. So I feel like it's changing though. It? I was having a conversation at this movie screening the other day. I won't say her name, but um, you know, she just found out her boyfriend is gay, and she said she's not bothered by dating a guy who's bisexual. Mm. So how about you? Have you been hit on? Yeah, I've been hit on. I've definitely been hit on. How's you want to expand on it? <laughs> oh, no, I just <laughs> the time I got hit on, I just told him like. Um, I'm not accepting tickets to this basketball game. <laughs> that's, what, that's how they tried to hit on me. Oh, really? By, yeah, by offering me tickets to the game. That sounds I like didn't code. know. Yeah. Well, I was clueless at first, but then when I didn't come to the game, like the person got mad, like mad, mad. Like, how could you stand me up? And it was the language. And then he actually sent a woman to come speak to me to, to find out why I didn't come to the game. And that's when I started putting 
connecting the dots. I thought that was code for I'm not gay when you said I don't win tickets to the Oh, no, no. He, he, no, he really <laughs> offered me tickets to a basketball game. It was a basketball game. I didn't know game. he really asked oh, you no, to no, go no, to a game. No, I thought no, that was your way no, of saying he, yes, he I'm not re- going to that game. No, no. He really offered me tickets what to the basketball game. What about the time game. you were in the revolving door and a guy was in the thing with you, pressed up against you? That was just an accident, G. That was just... <laughs> <laughs> that was just a cuddling moment. <laughs> <laughs> that had nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> that doesn't sound like an accident. All right, well, don't move. We have more with Coach Mike Bay. And when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Happy Friday. We're still kicking it with Coach Mike Bayer. Charlemagne? What are some of the tools that mm. in making the best decisions for yourself? Well, I'll do this with you. You got a pen and paper? Yeah. Sure. All right. And you're just going to put what comes to mind. Okay. Okay, that's it. It's just a matter of what your brain says. So it's authentic to you. Right. I want you okay. to just quickly write down what is the best decision you made this year in 2021? Mm-hmm. All right, you got one thing. And then what I want you to write next is what's a decision you made this year that's causing you the most anxiety? And then lastly, I want you to write out what is a decision you really feel is the best decision you ever made in your life? So first, we're going to go through what is the decision this year that you felt like was the... What was the first one? The worst or the best? I'm the best. I would say opening a coffee shop. Um, I'm opening a coffee shop next month, and I started my own coffee brand, but I'm really excited about it, and things are going well. So I think it was a good decision for me to just jump out there and make it happen instead of just thinking about it. To push yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How about you? Embracing the full totality of my existence, every version of myself that I've ever been. The young me, the teenage me, the... 20-something-year-old me, 30-something-year-old me, every every version of myself, em- embracing the full totality the full of acceptance. my existence. Yes. And you, and you Good, did, bad, ugly. And when did, do you remember a moment when you decide that you, you made the decision, I'm going to accept all of me? Yeah, that was three days ago. Well, <laughs> Being totally happened? honest. Just like, you know, people always trying to weaponize, like, the old versions of me versus the new versions. And just, you know, these are conversations I always have with my therapist and my sacred purpose coach and just them telling me, like, because you keep trying to suppress that part of you. But mm. that part of you is what brought you here. So you have to embrace the full totality of all your existence. So, so it's almost like making a decision not to have fear around any part of you Absolutely. from the past or present. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. How about in terms of bad decision or worse decision? This- well, you said cause anxiety, but I still don't think it was a bad decision. But I did buy another new house um, that I have to fully gut rehab. And I've been having a lot of issues with the neighbor calling Department of Buildings and, you know, getting it together. But I don't think it was a bad decision. It's just causing me some stress. Anxiety. Yeah. How about you? The thing that caused me the most anxiety is embracing the full totality of my existence. Because, you know, those are parts of me that were broken. You know what I mean? Those are parts of me that was like really dealing with a lot of trauma and, and, and issues that I was suppressing. What, so what's the hardest thing in that for you? Is there like one story, one event, one claim? Uh, I mean, it's a bunch of different things. Because it's just like, you know, you think about a bunch it's of different things that, that, yeah, that actually really traumatized you that you've just been suppressing and things that you don't want to remember. You know what I mean? But you have to in order to really get to a place of wholeness, I think. So, so you're saying, are you afraid of the consequences of that, or are you afraid of just... No, no, not, not the consequences, just dealing with it, because it makes you feel weak. It makes you feel vulnerable, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it makes you feel uniquely tender, especially when I think about, like, stuff even with my pops. Like, I love my dad, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, I often get mad about things that my dad used to get mad at me about that he... He would get mad at me for things he didn't teach me. 
Gotcha. Things like that. Okay. Yeah. So now, in terms of for you, Angela, with the anxiety and for you accepting all parts of you, what is the opportunity that you have in your life today that maybe you didn't have before? Like, is the opportunity to call the neighbors and get coffee? Is the mm-hmm. opportunity to look at the situation differently and feel blessed because you're able to buy a house? Like, what would actually be the opportunity? Well, I've looked at it differently already where I've told myself, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm not in a situation where I have to move. I own the house that I'm in now. So it's not like I have to rush out and be somewhere and I won't have a place to go. Um, I have, you know, worked out an agreement, hopefully, with the neighbor. And I have to accept the fact that it's out of my control and all I can do is handle what I can handle. So that means, you know, making sure that everything is proper and in order and just being patient. Gotcha. So you're fine then. Then this isn't really a problem for you. I mean, I still think about it. It's still stressful because it's money that I'm having to spend and, you know, and not being able to get because I had anticipated being able to move at a certain date. And now that date has been pushed back. But it's manageable. Okay. And how about you? What's the opportunity? The opportunity is having the luxury of healing. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I think um, generations before us, you know, didn't have this they didn't have the resources the therapy the sacred purpose coaches the the the, the life coaches like yourself right. so it's the it's the luxury of healing and the opportunity to teach right because even if i think about any and everything that i've done in my life you know that that's so-called good so-called bad it all provided me with experiences that i'm able to share with the next generation mm-hmm. so they can make better choices and better decisions gotcha and what is the best decision either one of you wrote down in terms of your life i'm changing my career And, you know, I did that when I started doing radio like 17 years ago. I was doing marketing before that, and I made a decision in the midst of going through, like, a difficult time in my life where, you know, I caught my boyfriend cheating on me, physically caught him. And then um, at that time, I also had gotten laid off from my job, so all this happened at once. And then that's when, you know, I moped around for, like, a couple of days, but then I made a conscious decision to, you know, change a lot of things in my life, and that's how it even happened for me. Gotcha. Change your career. How about you? Healing. Healing. Making a decision. That's right. Going on a journey of healing. Everything. Mindfulness in every every form. From therapy to having a sacred purpose coach to eating better, working out. What is a sacred purpose coach? Sacred purpose coach is like a spiritual therapist. You know, Uh, my my name is Yadi Alba and she's just amazing. So it's just like it's. She sounds spiritual. Oh, man. Yadi. (laughs) No, Yadi's incredible. So it's like it's like, you know, it's it's psychological, but it's it's rooted in spirituality and God and things of that nature. So yeah, connected. Yeah. So just going on the journey of healing was the best thing for me. I gotcha. And are you proud of yourselves? Yes, I am proud of myself. I think sometimes when I do panels or when I'm uh, Mm. doing like one on one conversations and people run down things that I've accomplished. I am proud of myself for what I have done. I know I have a lot more that I need to do, but I'm really great at talking to myself and working through things that I need to work through and always trying to make sure that I elevate and looking at the bright side of things. I'm a really optimistic person and I'm a pretty in general happy person. So I am proud of myself, even though it's hard to say it sometimes. I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. I never thought about it. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, I still think I deal with, uh, a lot of imposter syndrome in a lot of ways because you hear so many different opinions about yourself, especially mm. when you're a public figure. Right. So you don't know what to believe. So I just always stick to what my dad would tell me. You're never as good as they say you are. And you're never as bad as they say you are. And I've I've, I've had it both ways. I've had, I've, I hear a bunch of negative stuff and I'm like, well, who the are they talking about? But then I hear a bunch of positive stuff and I'm like, who the are they talking about? <laughs> you know, and that really hit me when I gave the uh, commencement speech at South Carolina State because this dude, like, you know, the president was just, talking about all my different accomplishments in philanthropy, and he was going on for like 10 minutes, and I'm literally sitting there, 
who the f- is he talking it's, about? It's so interesting because this is like an iconic show, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you both would agree, right? I hope so. I mean, the show. If is you like say so, iconic Mike. in New York. We've achieved a lot. Achieved a lot. Yeah. Have a huge reach. People care what you have to say. They care what you're doing in your life, and that's pretty rare, mm-hmm. right? Like, so for whatever reason, Universe created this moment where both of you have an enormous reach that mm-hmm. hits millions of people, and I think that's like a testament to the decisions you've made to be yourself and to push yourself and to be fearless and to. And some people, they need to make drastic decisions. Someone probably listening right now is about to make a decision. Yes. That could end them up in prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or jail. Mm-hmm. Or hurt someone. Or dead, yeah. Or dead. Mm-hmm. And it takes taking a step back and going, let me look at all my decisions in my life. Let me see what decisions have led to a better life. Let me look at what decisions have led to a part of my life that's not so great. Because from my experience, until we slow down and Oof. take a look at our life, yeah. Yeah. we're just on this like... We're on MapQuest with no destination. Mm-hmm. And we need to look at our life and go like, wow, this is what like God or universe has created for us to tell us that we're on the right track. All right, well, don't move. We have more with Coach Mike Bay. And when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Happy Friday. We're still kicking it with Coach Mike Bayer. Yee. Have you ever worked with somebody who you thought was just genuinely a terrible person? Yes. So what do you do in a situation like that? I mean, nowadays I back out, but a lot of the people I've worked with are amazing, mm-hmm. right? So we're talking about... Yeah, I'm sure it's rare cases that you're like... It's rare busy. cases, yeah. and it's usually like a very narcissistic male who like literally is so about the wealth and the like private jets and like naming people all the time and you're just like stuck at dinner and they're yelling at the waiter. You know, it's like that guy. Or it's someone that has a lot of power and will only be a victim of life. Because I don't like when people have a lot of negative energy and everything, they see the negative in it and they complain. And money, and that's an interesting thing about money, is a lot of people I know that are very wealthy are like that. <laughs> I like I cannot be around somebody like that. It brings my whole spirit down. Oh, it's down. brutal. I, I went on Kelly Osborne's podcast and I did her intervention like, I don't know, it was like 12 years ago. It was so brutal that literally I felt like I needed to sleep for three days. <laughs> and now like we're cool, but mm-hmm. back then I was like, who is this girl? You know, she was terrible. Called the cops on me. What? Like, Why? Oh yeah. Oh, the interventions are crazy. I did interventions for 10 plus years. So I would be flown out on tours or with clients to help them get sober out of crises. So with her, her family hired me. Right. And she was just so difficult. You know, she was like, she grew up with Ozzy Osbourne. So she was a pro. She was like ready for battle as soon as mm-hmm. I walked through it's like the door. Like an exorcism. Yeah. Is there a cure for narcissism? And if so, what would be the one decision a narcissist has to make to not be a narcissist? I don't know if there's a cure for narcissism. I agree. And I don't know that all people are good, honestly. Like I used to, mm-hmm. and but the more I've, I mean, I've been doing this 18 years now, and I mm-hmm. just think some people just, just some, there's something wrong with their brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't have any uh, ability yeah. to have empathy or compassion. Mm-hmm. And those are the types of people you want to stay away from. You know, those are types of men that I've seen women end up in some really bad spots with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can't save everybody, huh? Who, me? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, no, I stopped doing intervention. Once at the end of my career, 
Once I had guns pulled on me, I was like, what? I don't want to do this. Like, I had a guy chasing them on with a motorcycle. I remember I was like, oh my god, I wasn't even getting paid that this is much. A movie, by the way, in L.A. And I was just like, why am I doing this? Like, like the, I'm literally entering the tra- and the show intervention messed up all interventions yeah, because by the time we got it used to be so easy mm-hmm. but then the show intervention mm-hmm. came out so every family tried to do it ahead of time they all thought they could do an intervention yeah. so the, by the time you got the person it was like they were like ready for battle like yeah. they knew it was coming they weren't going to go and they would go to any length. There's a great uh, black philosopher by the name of Project Pat who once said, don't save them. They don't want to be saved. Mm. And that's what you got to leave it at sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can always raise someone's bottom. That's what we say. Like, <laughs> Wait you know, a minute now. Mike, is pride week. What does that mean? Come on. What I mean. <laughs> Uh, no, but raise you know the bottom. I know. I was yeah. just. <laughs> I like that phrase. <laughs> you can always raise their bottom. I didn't even think of it like that. Oh my goodness! But like, because it, it always can get worse. People always go, "Oh, they haven't hit rock bottom." Mm-hmm. But it can always get worse. Right. Like every time someone goes, yeah, "I no, hit rock bottom," real. you're like, "Yeah." There's a bottom under that. There's a bottom under that, no, and under that, and under that. <laughs> So, you know. All right. So you said people try to do interventions themselves, uh-huh. right? So what are some of the things you need to do in order to? You got to know where you're sending them. Mm-hmm. That A lot of people want to sit down with someone without a, a solution. You have to have the solution. You have to know a therapist or treatment center or doctor or something. You can't just sit down and they say, yes, I, you know, help me. And you just go, okay, cool. Now we'll figure out your help. Right. Or you, you don't ask them to look up what they need. So that's one. Two, you have to figure out the leverage. Like, what's their reason? What's their motivation? Because there's mm-hmm. only two things that motivate people, consequences and pain. Okay. Wow. That's it. Consequences if they don't make the choice and emotional pain of staying the same. Wow. Sure, love helps. The whole thing can be packaged in love, but it's consequences and pain. You think that's the only two things that can motivate, that motivate people? motivate drug addicts. Wow. What about, uh, what about honesty with compassion? Meaning like, hey, you know, you compassionately tell somebody they need to lose weight or... You know, well, something I, I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, I think there's a difference between someone who's uh, spiraling out of control mm-hmm. and someone who needs a healthy adjustment. Got you, got you. Okay, so, I get it. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking more of the like severe. You've twenty pounds. How do you help someone who's like addicted to coke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. is throwing their life away and selling drugs and what have you. Got you. That makes. But sense. I could tell you the people that I intervened on that were homeless were more difficult than the people who I had with money. Like the homeless people were busier than anyone. At least they claimed, and they ride <laughs> off on their bicycle and like not accept help wow it's ridiculous explain the concept of best self and anti-self so best self uh is you know it's got our parents give us names our best self is that part of us that uh like mine's a wizard mm-hmm. that's why i got a wizard on my arm i have wizards all over my house i remind myself so it's like authentic funny compassion we all create our best selves and we create a character that's what i do with my clients mm-hmm. and we also create an anti-self uh, which is that part of us that's getting in the way of growing or evolving. So your anti-self could be showing up in your life, Charlemagne, when you're being critical or caring what people think or being yourself up. And so what I do instead of just going, stop being yourself up, is I create a character that connects to your brain as mindfulness. Right. When you add a little humor to it, it's easier. We're already so critical of ourselves. So okay. I create an anti-self. And so what we do is we kind of say, how are you going to walk in more in your life as your best self? And how's your anti-self showing up? And it, so like a Leonard versus, you know, mm-hmm. Charlemagne. That's right. Right, but it may be like this other version, because I'm sure there's like a hybrid of all that. Like, I don't think that you show up here and you're not yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a part of you that gets in the way from you evolving. 
Mm-hmm. And usually it's formed early on in life and it just morphs into different areas of our life as we get older. But I, I love creating like kind of like characters because it works with kids, works with teenagers, adults. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it's it a defense makes- mechanism too. It protects your, you. Sometimes you create the, well, I know for me, I create the character to protect the real me. Right. Yeah, the authentic self. Correct. I, yeah. Yeah. That's why I do the mirror exercise now. I look in the mirror and you tell myself you are smart. Do you? Yeah, I do. You're I don't kind. say you are smart. You are smart. I, I, looked I, in the, <laughs> I looked in the mirror too before I came in here. But I do. I talk to myself yeah, in the right. mirror. Like, it I, works. Yeah, 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 I do. For sure. It Absolutely. works. It's as corny as it sounds. No, like, it does. It really works. It does. Because, because we don't get to do that throughout the day. Right. And if we're looking for other people to give us those affirmations, man, we're going to dry out. Yeah. Because all of a sudden our self-esteem is based upon what other people think of us. And and I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think looking in the mirror and saying stuff is it's magic. I've never done that. No, it's no? good. It's, it's really good. Well, my man, Mike Bear, the book is out right now. One Decision, the First Step to a Better Life. Good Thanks to see you, man. Out, man. Always, man. Thank you. Yeah, Tell them where to find pleasure. you. Coach Mike Bear on Instagram, my podcast, Always Evolving, which I would love either one of you, if you're ever in L.A., to come I out. I love that. I love that name. I want, always Evolving. Yeah. It's at my house. I'll be in it's very L.A. very comfortable. Come out. Yeah. Come on my show. Okay. Let's do it. And then, um, yeah, One Decision is available anywhere books are sold. I did the audio. I know you do the audio for your audio book, mm-hmm. so... All right. Uh, come and get My man. do that. You got to come out when I come. We're doing a roller skating party. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. Disco Oasis. I'll be the tallest one out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mike Bass, The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yo. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Virgil has gotten a Louis Vuitton and Nike Air Force One collab. Are you excited for that? Because I saw these posted online, and apparently there's going to be 21 different colorways. Mm-hmm. There's also going to be uh, the dunks as well. So are you excited for those? They're going to do 50 different Nike dunks. Yes, I, I hope. Yeah, I am. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I hope Nuff they said. go through Louis Vuitton because I know a couple of people at Louis Vuitton where I could uh, get them and not have to wait on crazy lines. But yeah, I think that's, I think it's dope. I think what Virgil's doing is he, what he's doing is pretty dope. He's crossing the coaches. And I think he's making some some great stuff. Some of his stuff I can't f with, but the yeah, Air Force One. Look, everything's good. not for everybody. That sounds all too rich for me. How much uh, putting Louis Vuitton print on Air Force One is going to jack the price up? Well, you figure Air Force Ones. No price was released yet, but Air Force Ones now are like seventy nine dollars, I believe, eighty dollars for Air Force. Reasonable, ones. very reasonable. So I figure with the Louis Vuitton stamp now, they probably will be around six ninety nine. Hell no, ain't no way in hell for what. I just to have an LV on your sneaker. Let me tell you something. Those never go on sale, okay? Louis Vuitton never has a sale. What's wrong with your magic marker? You can't put an LV on your sneaker? You can't. On your Air Force One? You can't. It won't look the same. All right. Now, Kanye and Yeezy are suing Walmart for their foam runner shoe ripoff. (laughs) That's what Charlemagne would do. He he said, I'll make my own. That's $24. That is not what Charlemagne would do. It's actually called uh, the Summer Beach Shoes Foam Runner. That's not what Charlemagne would do. Charlemagne would... Text Natina and say, Natina, can you give me some free Yeezys? <laughs> <Some laughs> Drop on the food bombs from Natina, okay? Natina. And now, salute everybody at Yeezy because they keep me free. A company spokesperson said the product <laughs> reference in the complaint is not sold by Walmart but by a third-party marketplace seller. So they said they're reviewing the claim and will respond in court as appropriate after we have been served with the complaint. Oh, that's good. I get all my Yeezys free. Thank you, Yeezy. All right, now Tory Lanez <laughs> was in an Uber car crash, and he thinks that it was no accident. He tweeted out, "Strange, it almost felt like someone knew 
to crash into us. What? <laughs> what? Tory Lanez, he feels like it was a setup. Listen to what he said. He's almost just died. We got in a car accident in the Uber. Oh my gosh, bro. Yes. Yeah, so I would thinks- like for Tori to expound. I would like to know why he felt that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess he's in an Uber. He feels like he was targeted somehow. How would they know he was in an Uber, though? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> All right. Now, looks like Miss Jones, Envy, that's your girl. Miss Jones was on Nori's Drink Champs podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, she talked about Big Pun giving her some of his publishing. I had no idea he put me down on his publishing. Wait, wait. I like his regular, like all his publishing? I get checks on songs. Should I be saying, wait now, hold a minute. Hold up a minute, wait a minute. I ain't trying to f up my shit, but. Uh, I mean, if it's legal, it's legal. It's done, it's done. It was his choice. He put me down. Like, I, I live, Jalen, you live off of the royalties of Big Pun. Yeah, that's that's dope. She always said that her and Big Pun had a great relationship, not a sexual relationship, that just Pun was like her brother. And always took care of her, always looked out for her. So I guess, you know, part of that was, hey, you know, here's some of my publishing. Make sure you're always good, which is which is dope. All right. Well, Miss Jones is telling a lot on there. Did you talk to her? Uh, I didn't talk to her after. I asked her how the interview goes. She was like, you know what? Nori does Nori does great. He makes you he drink does. a lot. And, you know, she talked about uh, something that I didn't know that, that Nori actually told me, gave me a little a, a sneak peek about uh, her relationship uh, with Tupac. So Pac came and we're in the crowd, we're walking and um, I'm with Moni and he stops and he looks at us and then we, we, we know what the look means and we figure it out. Uh-huh. And it was a good night. And that was it. Jalen, I'm sorry. So, but, so, so yeah. Pac and Moni had some relations. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
Okay, David Graham from North Carolina needs to come to the front of the congregation. Uh, I, I do believe we're in an era where we have to meet people. You have to meet people where they are, but we'll talk about it for after the hour. All right, we'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela Yee here. And did you know that the general insurance has been saving people money for nearly 60 years? That's a long time. So if you want the quality coverage you deserve at prices you can afford, check out The General. 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Hee-haw. It's time for Donkey of the Day. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sleep out his mouth. If you gotta say something you may not agree with, doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That don't, 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 don't. Donkey of the Day right there. <laughs> the, the Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the Donkey of the Day, but like, I mean no harm. Donkey of the Day for Friday, June 25th goes to a 37-year-old North Carolina man named David Graham. Now, we live in an era that if you are a content provider, a provider of goods, a provider of services, you can't wait for people to come to you. You have to go to the people. I know Kevin Costner told us in Field of Dreams, if you build it, he will come. Then at some point in time, somebody thought he wasn't gender neutral, so they changed the he to they. If you build it, they will come. I think I might have heard that in a Wendy's commercial. R.I.P. Dave Thomas. I don't know. I'm just simply trying to tell you that if you do indeed build it, they will come. Maybe. It's half right. Two things about that. Number one, whatever it is, you should build it, okay? If it's a legal anything, and it's an idea that can empower you and empower others, build it. Keyword, legal. Remember that in this conversation about David Graham. And second thing is, just because you build it, there is no guarantee they will come, okay? You can't just build it, pray, and then wish upon a star. Faith without works is dead. You have to go where the people are. That's why everybody building things um, is usually start building it on the internet because that's where the people are. And you have to go where the people are, okay? For example, this ghetto-ass show we've been doing for damn near 11 years, The Breakfast Club, it's a radio show. Uh, we always knew that, but we always knew that we needed to be digital, okay? We had to be on the internet. So when we first started with little to no marketing, we used our socials to let people know where to find what we had built. Posting the tune-in link to the, you know, uh, to, to social media, the iHeartRadio app and Power 1051's website link. We constantly posted those on social media. Why? Because that's where the people were. So we built it. But the ratings on the radio showed us that people weren't coming. Okay, at least not the way we wanted. But online, digitally, business was booming because we made sure Breakfast Club content was where it needed to be on social media, on YouTube. Now you can listen in a podcast form because people are listening to podcasts. If you build it, you have to go where the people are because there is no guarantee they will come. When I say that, know that I mean it. But I mean it for people who are doing things legally. Okay, that piece of advice is strictly for us law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. I would never judge a person for anything they do to survive because that would be extremely hypocritical of me simply because I did what I had to do to survive. Okay, yes, there is a variant version of me that exists in some multiverse from the past that sold a little dope. But man, the drug game really has changed from when I was out there selling crack hand-to-hand. Back in my day, you stood around in one spot and the consumers of said fried cocaine came to you. That's all crack is, fried cocaine, you know. Black people love frying things. But man, David Graham, who has a phenomenal last name for the profession he has chosen, is one of those new age entrepreneurs who built it. But he's not waiting for consumers to come to him. Now, according to Count on Two News, WPTW in Robeson County, North Carolina, 
David Graham is the devil himself. Those are their words, not mine. The headline says the devil himself. North Carolina man arrested for selling drugs in front of rehab center. I'm going to read you some of this article since we don't have a news report. A Robeson County man was arrested Tuesday after deputies say he was caught trying to sell drugs in front of a drug rehabilitation center. David Graham was arrested after deputies received complaints of a suspicious person loitering in the area of the center while deputies searched him. A quantity of cocaine, weed, drug paraphernalia, and a firearm were located and seized. Sheriff Bernice Wilkins said, great investigative work has now led to this arrest for an unbelievable act that I hope and pray leads to stiff justice being served. Wilkins said, this is an absolute despicable act to take advantage of the addicted at a location in which they sought help in fighting the devil. Then the devil himself shows up at the doorstep of a rehabilitation center with no regard for the human beings while only being concerned with profits. Whoa. I agree with Sheriff Wilkins, but I must say the title evil genius was created for people like David Graham. I mean... Last time I heard a plan this diabolical was when a legendary strategist, organizer, and speaker named Eric Cartman devised an elaborate plan to sell candy at Fat Camp. All right, campers, good work today. Lights out, and we'll see you tomorrow for more exercise and proper diet. All right, they're gone. The Cartman store is open. Two donuts and a pack of licorice, please. Two donuts and a pack of licorice. <laughs> Why are you crying, Chad? Because I'm always going to be fat. I don't want to eat no sweets, but I can't control myself when they're right in front of me like this. You know what you need? You need a friend. <laughs> I do? Yes, a chocolate friend. <laughs> Mr. Candy Bar doesn't judge you, Chad. Mr. Candy Bar likes you just the way you are. Hmm. Look at how yummy and sweet he is. <laughs> there you go. That'll just be four dollars. I'm not judging either. Great entrepreneurs go where the people are. I mean, listen, most drug dealers would make great entrepreneurs. See, David Graham has the right idea. He's just selling the wrong product. But this is what you do. You get the product and go directly where the consumers are. But David Graham, listen, you are arrested after people complained to seeing a suspicious person loiter loitering in the area of the rehabilitation center. Did you not think people could see you? You know damn well it's impossible to not look suspicious selling drugs hand in hand. And you out there in front of the drug rehabilitation center pitching. Probably got a long line of people trying to kick the habit right there in front of the rehabilitation center. And you thought nobody would notice. Maybe you thought you would get everything off in a reasonable amount of time and nobody would catch you. But they did. And now David Graham is being held at the Robinson County Detention Center on a quarter million dollar bond. You have to meet people where they are. Yes. But whoever told David Graham that quote in his life, wherever he read it, absolutely gave it to him out of context. Yes, you should meet people where they are, unless you're meeting them at a drug rehabilitation center to sell them drugs. Please give David Graham the sweet sounds of North Carolina's own The Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey of the day. You are the donkey of the day. Evil genius, though. Mm -hmm. Evil genius. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Mm -hmm. Now, when we come back, Sean Paul will be joining us. Yes. We haven't heard from Sean Paul in a while, so we'll talk to reggae artist Sean Paul when we come back. Don't he has move. new music out. Mm -hmm. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building or on the line, Sean Paul. What's up? What's up, Sean Paul? Now, where that, now you've been um, quarantining in Jamaica. Yes, sir. That's that's not such a bad thing when when it's always nice. It's the island, the great food, and nothing. That's not a bad thing. Nah, I, I've been loving the family time as well, and the studio time. I've been getting a lot of that, so. Uh, you know, it's good. I mean, there's different challenges, but we do it, and it's not that bad for me. You know, I've been enjoying watching your wife has her own podcast, too. I think that's yeah. really dope to see her, you know, just being able to talk about your relationship and what she has going on. Are there ever things that she talks about that you got to discuss later? Like, I didn't know you felt like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess one or two things. Uh, <laughs> but but even without the podcast, that's every day. That's, that, you, as I'm pretty sure Envy, you know, in a marriage is like, what? That's how you feel? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, she's always been a, you know, a media person. Mm -hmm. You know, when we when we first started doing, uh, going out back in the day, she was working on TV out here. So it's a natural thing for her. She presents well. I encourage her to do it all the time, you know? Now, I know you've seen during the pandemic all the verses, and I know you've seen the one with, with Beanie Man. And would you yeah. think about doing a, a verses? Uh, my, my stands up first. I didn't want to do it, uh, seeing that it's called versus battle. I got a lot of respect for Tim, a lot of respect for Swiss. I got a lot of respect for everybody who's been on it. But the battle part, I just didn't, I didn't get. And I was not someone who was like running to see it. You know what I mean? Like I'm in groups on my phone and people's like, yo, another versus on. I'm like, all right, I'm having a good conversation right now. And I didn't really go to see every one of them. I didn't, I didn't run, rush to see them. And so my, my opinion of it was like, I don't want to battle uh, Shaggy. I don't want to battle. It's more celebration, you know I mean? though. It's more celebration of the catalog. I, I get yeah, it. I get I, it now. I saw you I said you could do one like D'Angelo did, where you're just basically by yourself and your collabs. That's the only one I saw that I liked, that I was like, yo, that that's the kind of thing I want to do. Because going up against someone, even if it's in uh, just, you know, uh, for having fun and that kind of thing, it does spark. I mean, I see people argue about it every day, and I don't want to argue about Shanti <laughs> and Keisha Cole. I want to be like, yo, the both of them beautiful, sexy, amazing, sound great. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, that was my stance. Um, if I could do one with like D'Angelo, maybe I would. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. Th that was just my thing. So yeah. Shaggy said you scared of him, and that's the reason you don't want to do it. Now he didn't say that. 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 He's like, I just yeah. saw him. Shaggy, <laughs> no, my big bro, yo. <laughs> he didn't say Shaggy, my big bro. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't trying to battle with me, man. <laughs> I love that you and Shaggy did that song with Spice. I know that was really exciting for her to get two legends. I mean, all three yeah, of y'all are, are legendary on a song together, and the song is popping. So how did that come together? Um, Shaggy reached out to me, you know, we have many conversations on the phone a lot, you know, people were like, we're always like, we as dancehall people or the genre of reggae dancehall music, we need to collab more, you know, a lot of, that's what it's about in the, in the universe right now, uh, that's what it's about when I'm thinking internationally, I gotta collab with this one, that one, you know, uh, I've had a few years in the biz, so it helps to have younger fans know who I am. And so for that reason, I did an album called Live and Living this year, which featured everybody who, or a lot of people who I rate in the dancehall community, producers, engineers, and artists. And then, you know, when he reached out to me, I was like, yo, I'm definitely down with that movement. Uh, Cause we've been talking about it on the phone. 
You know, I've seen Junior Gang do, we, we, we spoke of that also. We need to do collabs, we need to tour more. And then I've seen him make, uh, you know, develop the Jamrock Cruise, which that inspired me. And I was like, you know, Jamrock Cruise is a cruise that happens every year. Mm-hmm. A lot of reggae artists on the ship and we go around the Caribbean and everybody parts and have a good time. So with those movements, I was like, you know, this is inspiring me to do collabs more in my own genre. And it was a no-brainer for me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Spice. I'm a fan of Shaggy. As I said, he's my big bro, and we talk a lot on the phone about the business and how we can help people to reach a different level. Um, and yeah, the rhythm was crazy, so I jumped on it immediately. I, I liked it. It was nice and hardcore too. Mm-hmm. I see you working with a lot of younger artists too, and, and you know a lot of times you don't see that too much. A lot of times, the OGs in the game don't feel like they should work with the young ones. But you were so inviting to the young artists. Why was that? Um, I'm a fan of something like Governor. I'm a fan of Governor. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of uh, Massacre. Different people on different songs on that album, but uh, you know, also I just feel like instead of being like. I don't want have nothing to do with this trap dance hall or the new sound or whatever. I think I should embrace it and, and interject what I can into it. So, you know, with each player, it takes it to a different point in the game. And so uh, instead of me pushing an intense away, I'd rather to see the, 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 the similarities between me and his career in terms of his voice is like something that just reaches through, it cuts through, everybody knows it's him when he's on the track and myself too. So uh, things like that allow me to kind of look into it and say, yo, let me just uh, work with these dudes. You know what I mean? I'm working with young people like Becky G in the international circles. Why not work with the young cats in, in, in my own genre who are making waves right now? It might not be you know, millions of people around the world that know them, but I could try to shed a light on that. And that's what we're doing with, with Spice. Now Spice is huge. She's big, she got her own following. But also me and Shaggy are quite uh, huge as well. And we got different people that may not be paying attention or listening to what's going on with a Spice or like, as I said, uh, Skilly Bang or Massacre. And um, I just feel that it's, it's me taking part in the history and doing what I should do. You know what I mean? This genre has taken me all over the world. It's treated me very good. And I don't want to just uh, move away and be the person that's like, I think that would be um, me turning into a culture vulture. You know, I started out with authentic rhythms and, and uh, authentic uh, tracks coming out. And I want to kind of take it back to that space. I think that the world is kind of more ready for that also. You know, big up Buja Banton on the album, big up um, Busy Signal on the album, Junior Gang is on this album, big up Chiching Ching on the album. Uh, all the new cats I just mentioned, Squash, Skilly Bang, Massacre, Governor, um, you know, big up left side on the album. A lot of people I work with on the album is great producers and great artists. So uh, it's a good look all around, you know what I mean? All right, Sean Paul. Well, let's get into your new single featuring Busy Signal. It's called Boom. Everybody is DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Sean Paul. Why do you think they have that light skinned dog skin conversation about artists? I mean, we, we we see it especially with you. Why do you think that that, that is such a problem? Do they feel like light skin? We represent artists? we represent people, you know what I mean? And and uh, you know, we represent people's feelings, artists. Mm-hmm. We represent their likes, their dislikes, you know. So a lot of the time people might look at a package and be like, oh well, he represents for the other side. You know what I'm saying? 
or they might say it's easier because of how the system is set or you know uh just from being people being oppressed they don't like to see someone you know with a different skin tone do it where it's like you know maybe it should be someone like myself so that's all it is i it's a little bit of uh, 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 probably, um, you know, misled jealousy. But but when you see these people in the street, no one says it to me except Charlemagne. <laughs> you know, you only want to go say it to me like like that. But I mean, you know, mostly I think people might say these things online, and then when they see me in the street, they see the type of person I am. It, the, their opinion changes, their perception changes. So. I don't that's think it's. What, that's all I gotta do. I think it's probably more of a, a system thing, though, right? Because I think sometimes with the labels and the industry, they might feel like it's more marketable. So it's not necessarily that the audience feels that way. Because I feel like that it comes that way with women too. A lot of women will be like, "Well, how come you know the darker skinned women aren't getting this look?" And it's a system and the way yeah. that it's set up, and that's really more I've of seen, what it is. I've seen I've seen Amara and Allegra. Uh, Nalegra, yeah, that's Amara Lanegra. Amara Lanegra. Mm-hmm. talking about it, and, and I agree, you know what I mean? It's kind of strange, uh, but it's for us, the people, to see that and be like, oh, well, I got to support this other, you know, my artists or the people who I respect uh, and think need to shine. I got to promote them in the ways that, 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 that I can, even if it's bumping it in my car or my ride, let everybody hear it, you know what I mean? For me, it's for us to do the part. The system is set the way it is. And uh, we can always try to overturn it, but but from within, the best thing to do is to ignore that. You know what I mean? Keep and, working. And, yeah, keep working. I, I didn't. I don't mean to say ignore it. I mean to say, yeah, keep working hard and 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 don't focus on those negative things until our positive aspirations and and energies kind of just overwhelm that. That's how I do it. You know, we were talking about celebrity boxing matches. I think it's only right that you and Charlemagne should do a celebrity boxing match one time and all the proceeds just go to charity. I put my money on Sean Paul. You're talking about the light skin. I, got, I, got, Everything, I, think it's, I think it's only right. I got kickboxing skills, though. You better tell him. <laughs> I mean, I can swing them knees. <laughs> now, we have Miss Pat up here. Miss Pat was talking about the birth of VP Records and everything, and, and she talked about you. How important was Miss Pat for your career? Oh, they were definitely a big part of my career. I mean... You know, uh, there's a lot of discrepancy that happens with uh, a, a label like VP. Uh, you know, being some a record shop at first and then graduating to become uh, a record label and then um, moving to the States. It kind of, a lot of people kind of feel away sometimes, you know what I mean? But they gave me the stepping stone in my career that I could never uh, say, I could never forget that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Big up to all of them. They're a VP. Um, you know, sometimes the, the things that happened with my career was overwhelming for all of us. I had to step up my game a thousand percent, and so did they. And so it was a good relationship to, to build each other. You know, they, they continue to, to produce dancehall or reggae music. And, um, you know, this kind of one of the biggest outlets that we do have. So big up to them. There's a lot of uh, cats in the industry that don't really like to go that route but for me especially at that time it was like vp is the the only way for me and and it worked you know what i mean we we had a great relationship and um now i'm trying to you know have my own label so as you see should. how that goes 
Um, now, I want to talk about Mr. Vegas. I saw he was on the Fix podcast, and you guys have this like long-standing issue. You feel like that can be resolved? I like that you watch the Fix. I really like that. Big up, Angela, because you know what I mean. It, 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 we, it, it's a it's a smaller podcast. They talking facts, you know what I mean. I, I like that they search out what's up in the dancehall industry. Uh, when it comes on to what happened with me and Mr. Vegas, that was always always something to do with the labels for me. Uh, you know, he was signed to Green Sleeves as far as I knew back then. In the interview, I heard him say he wasn't signed, so I really don't know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, by the end of the interview, he heard Vegas big up my wife and myself and say that we good people, you know, I call him all the time. You know, since then, we, we've toured. Since then, you know, we've done songs together still. I did a song for him, I think it was 2012 or uh, one of them years. Uh, it was more of them dance-oriented type songs. We shot the, the, the music video in in the state in, in New York. So I've been friends with him. So I didn't really understand at first where it was coming from, but he was just telling a story. Where it comes to him calling me about the video or whatever, I, I do not recall any of this. <laughs> so long so, ago. Yeah, and you know, likewise, the same thing with, with me and DMX. You know, God rest DMX soul. He was one he is one of the greatest to me. And um you know, when in, in 2009, I saw a video on YouTube that he was talking about what's the beef between me and him. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't. You're like, I don't know. I, I have problems. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people get vexed with me for talking about it now. Why you didn't talk about it before he passed away? I didn't. No one asked me that question. But now I'm bringing it up because I'm being cussed for, for, for things like that. You know, all I can tell you is that there was different times. Now, when, when DMX came to Jamaica to work with me and Vegas, we were both relatively young, small artists. And he had two major albums out that same year. The next year, he put out another album that went, you know, all of them went platinum in the first week. So he was a major artist. And, and he still, up to the day he passed, was a major artist to me. You know, the influence of him. But, but there came a time in about 2005, which is apparently when he did that video, where my songs were playing a lot, you know what I mean? And, and maybe not all of his projects were playing. He had six major albums. And then, you know, I don't know really what took place, but again, that was just probably him speaking uh, of how he felt at the time. I had no beef with the man. He, him and me never had no, num no, no cell phone numbers to call each other. So right. whoever he was speaking to, led him to believe something else. I didn't speak to him about that. So, you know, I give thanks for you to ask that question about Vegas, which led me into this. Uh, there's sometimes that, you, you know, people might feel away. Like, I feel away. People be doing dancehall music, and I would call out Bieber. It doesn't mean I don't like his music. I love his music. I call out Drake. I like some of his music. But, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. There's times where you just need to say what you want to say and get it off your chest. And I figured that's what happened with Vegas and uh, with DMX, RIP to him. I mean, as I said, you know, interviews come out and there may be a soundbite or something that I said, like, whatever, you know what I mean? And, and, and people take it in the wrong context or fly with it a different way. If you listen to the end of that fixed interview, you hear Vegas saying, me and him is friends and we good people. So, yeah. All right, good. I like to clear things up. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Sean Paul, we appreciate you for checking in, brother. Pick up the album right now. And uh, we coming to visit you in Jamaica since you cooking and you so hospitable. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you better. You better, man. I, I think I'm going to bring lip service out there and I'm going to get uh, Jody on there. 
All right. Well, it's Sean Paul. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Thank you, brother. The Breakfast Club. Yeah. <laughs> it's Friday. How y'all doing out there? Y'all okay? Y'all all right? What yes, voice sir? is that? Um, that's that's I don't know. It's Friday voice. You have a lot of Friday <laughs> voice. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Listen, There's a lot of different guys inside of you. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Hey, happy born day to my partners, uh, Tesla and Figaro and Bonang Matiba, okay? Tez born day was yesterday. Bonang's born day is today. Cancer gang gang. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the rumors. What, what, are, we, what are we talking about the rumors? Uh, Rihanna. Rihanna. It's time, time. Spilling the tea. This is the rumor report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky, the two of them had a cute date night. So pictures of them were everywhere. Mm-hmm. But now there's a video that shows that they were getting ID'd. She was getting ID'd uh, to go into a barcade, and they said the they tried not to let her in for not having her ID. But then people started going crazy, and you can see ASAP Rocky is like, "Come on, haters, 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 haters." You know damn well who Rihanna and ASAP Rocky are, ridiculous. and you know they're of age, and you know that they're going to bring business to your establishment just by being in there. So why would mm-hmm. you do that to them? I saw in one one lady yelled out, I don't even know who you are. Yes, you do. And that's why you said that, because it made you feel better to say that. Because we don't know who you are. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I said Rihanna also got her tattoo covered up of the shark, the camouflage shark that she had, that her and Drake had matching tattoos. So covered that right up. All right, now Lamar Odom and Rajon Rondo have been banned from a restaurant in Dallas. It's called Shenanigans. And if you look outside, it says Shenanigans, have fun with your food. And then it says these people are not allowed on Shenanigans property. DeAndre Jordan, Rajon Rondo, and Lamar Odom. Wow. Well, apparently they're all current or former NBA players who had terrible uh, time with the Mavericks. Ah. So they said they could crawl here on hands and knees from whatever city they're living in and beg, and we still wouldn't let them inside. Well, I would think that you would welcome... To the co-owner. You would welcome people who do a lot of shenanigans into an establishment like shenanigans. Aren't those the people that you would want? They also said that Mark Cuban is not safe from being banned if he doesn't improve the team. Oh, Mark Cuban will buy the restaurant and close it down. (laughs) Shut up, shenanigans. Stop. Now, speaking of Lamar Odom being banned, there was a situation where Wendy Williams had some nasty things to say about Carly Rae. Because remember, people were saying that Carly and Lamar Odom were dating. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't believe that he has a relationship with Carly Red. Do I believe that they mess around? Yes. Do I believe that she's trying it? Yes. Do I believe that she's too old and just a little dusty for him? Damn. Yes. That's rude. Only because Lamar's a simple guy right. of simple ways. Uh-huh. And Carly Red is a strategic conniver. Proven. Dusty's disrespectful. What is her problem with Carly? Carly Red says, Sir Wendell, you said I'm dusty. Where? Dusty. Don't let me post this video of you in a New York City club snorting. If you want Lamar, just say that. And then somebody said, but he snorted too, right? I thought. And she said, exactly. They make a perfect couple. And, and Wendy dusty. tried to say a little dusty pleasantly. There's no pleasant way to nah. call somebody a little dusty. Dusty crazy. All right. Now, Killer Mike, you know that bank, uh, Greenwood, that he's one of the co-founders of. It's uh, The launch has been postponed, according to the company. It was supposed to launch uh, early 2021 and then was pushed back to July. That's because of unanticipated high demand after the website was unveiled back in October. They said they want to ensure that the platform can handle all of these anticipated customers, and that's the reason for the latest delay. I feel you, man. It's a good thing to that's have right. too many people interested and too many customers. You know it's hard because you really want to be able to provide those services, but then it's like we got to make sure it launches right. Got to get it right. I'm dropping the clues bombs for Killer Mike. Mm-hmm.
I love that black man. Salute to Shay. I love that black woman. All right, now, Jizz and Raekwon and Ghostface have announced a Three Chambers tour that's in celebration of their three classic LPs. It'll be Jizz's Liquid Swords, Ghostface's Iron Man, and Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links. It's a 25-city tour that's going to be happening. I shall be to one of those shows. Me, for sure. They're going to be in New York, so. Mm -hmm. Ghostface is my favorite MC of all time. Liquid Swords is one of my favorite albums, too. So Raekwon is a business partner and one of the best to ever do it. All right, now Justine Skye has a new album out, and it's executive produced by Timbaland. Y'all know I sat down with her for this Carol's Daughter. Uh, we did this whole thing with iHeart, and here's what she had to say about linking up with Timbaland during the pandemic. We recorded like the whole like video, the whole process, documented it. It was such an amazing experience, especially due to the fact that it was remotely. Like we never even met each other, and it started with like one minute Instagram clips, and then it turned into an amazing album. And this is independent, right? Fully independent, yeah. And it's not like he just like sent the beats and that was it. No, like hands on, really like challenging me through this process. That's out today? Yes, it's out today. What's the name of it? It's called Space and Time. Okay, I'm gonna check that out. And she has a song with Justin Timberlake, it's called Innocent. You ain't innocent, boy. You ain't innocent, innocent, boy. Reach out to me. Okay. Drop on the clues bonds for Timberland guy. And it's a lot of new music out because you know it is Friday. Tyler the Creator has Call Me If You Get Lost. Doja Cat has Planet Her. Juicy J, The Hustle Still Continues, Deluxe Album. Logic, uh, The Wise Collection, Volume 1, Currency and Jet Life Family. Welcome to Jet Life Records 2. So Logic is back? Yes. Yeah, we've been saying we that, that. You know, Dan, our, our producer, he, oh, he loves huge Logic. Logic fan. Love. I think huge. he got a tattoo. Yeah, he, I think he does have a tattoo. You know, it was embarrassing one right day. Budget. Logic's DJ was up here, and they sent me a text like, yo, tell Dan Logic's DJ is down the hall if he wants to Logic's come meet him. Logic's DJ. You know how much of a fan of a person you got to be to want to meet their DJ? It's not like it's like Jazz and Jeff. important. Or, no, very important. Dan, what's his name? I didn't, go. I didn't even what's know Logic had a DJ. What's Logic's DJ name? What's his name? <laughs> so, well, well, salute to Logic's DJ. Got to, come on, He's man. Lying. Salute to Logic's DJ. You got a fan in Dan. <laughs> All right. And shout out to Trey The Truth, too, by the way. He's opening up an ice cream shop, Howdy Homemade Ice Cream. He's partnering with them, and they're doing a uh, franchise in Katy, Texas. And uh, the reason that he's doing that, you know, what he wants to do is employ special needs young adults and give them an opportunity to work and experience and have a chance to be supported. So he will, he wants to change the way the world looks at everyone. And that does really hit home for him because his teenage son has special needs also. We love it. Salute to my good brother, Trey the Truth, man. Drop on the clues, my for Trey the Truth. I'm happy you exist, King. Trey the Truth also represents Cancer Gang. All right, well, that is your rumor report. All right. Happy now, shout Friday. to Revolt. We'll see you on Monday. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Let's go. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. By using brands like Dove and Hellman's, you're supporting Unilever and the everyday good they do. Like donating more than $25 million worth of everyday products and services to groups like Feeding America this year. Visit UnileverDoesGood.com to support communities impacted by the pandemic. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, shout to Sean Paul for joining us this morning. Yes, we love a Sean Paul. Salute to Sean Paul. Salute to life coach Mike Bear. Make mm-hmm. sure you go grab his new book, One Decision, The First Step to a Better Life. And I, I, I want to salute, man, the um, L.A. County Independence uh, Living Program. 
uh, the Foster Youth Program. They had their graduation this week, and uh, my my foundation, the Mental Wealth Alliance, we we provided five students with with scholarships as well as free therapy. So salute to them, and also too, man. Um, I I want to say salute to my homegirl Michelle Austin. Uh, from Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, she is somebody whose life I will always celebrate. We recently lost her. She was the uh, promotions director at Hot 103.9 in Columbia, South Carolina. She's been there forever. When I was there from 02 to 06, she was there, and she was just someone who spread a lot of positive energy and joy and told me I was good at radio and my future was bright, and she's just been a, a, a great friend to me over the years, and she passed last Saturday, and the funeral is today, so I'm sending healing energy to everybody in the metro everybody in the 803 going to celebrate our girl today i'm sending healing and energy and peace to her son juan and daughter ryan and i hope that they are surrounded by love today juan you already you already know how we roll okay just like i always told michelle i got you and, and that's for life all right well when we come back positive notice the breakfast club good morning Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to uh, this weekend is the BET Awards. Okay. Yes. Also, Essence Festival. Essence First Festival. weekend is huh? this weekend, too. Yes, it's two weekends. This weekend and next weekend. It's virtual. Now, black people, y'all got to start talking. What you mean? Like, don't do you say shouldn't be having that both on the same weekend? BET Awards weekend should be this weekend at Essence Festival. I thought Essence Festival was always 4th of July. It's, it's usually 4th well, of July it's, weekend. it's virtual, so they do two weekends because there's a lot of virtual things that are happening. And, you know, usually Essence Fest is so many things happening at once, I don't think they could fit it all in one weekend. Right. And yeah, so, it's usually 4th of July. That's the reason I'm doing the car show this weekend because people have nowhere to go 4th of July. So I said, let me create the space for Atlanta for 4th of July. And also Versus is this weekend, Soldier Boy and Bow Wow. It's a packed weekend yeah, it's this a packed weekend. weekend. Hey, and we forgot to say happy born day, man, to La Lizzie, La La Anthony. Okay, La La's also Team Cancer Gang. And then for myself, I just want to shout out to Rouse's Supermarkets in New Orleans, in Louisiana. My drink, fresh juice, and my coffee uplifts people will be in some of those doors, 16 stores, uh, starting tomorrow. So please go to the store, request it. It's 100% organic, 100% juice, tastes delicious, great for you. Uh, healthy decisions and we're just excited to be down with that I'm going to be doing something in New Orleans in a couple of weeks too to celebrate so thank you to the team at Rouses thank you to my boy Greg from Weed Ats for giving me the alley-oop to be able to get into those stores and just so y'all know the BET Awards is going to be on Sunday night at 8pm now this awards is going to be shining the spotlight on our women artists activists and superstars of film TV and sports so this year's theme is year of the black woman I know that's right so the kings will be there also showing their support but that's going to be live Sunday June 27th at 8 that's right and listen the positive note comes from one of my favorite authors man Don Miguel Ruiz Don Miguel Ruiz says if you take your happiness and put it in someone else's hand sooner or later they will break it if you give your happiness to someone else they can always take it away happiness can only come from inside of you and is the result of your love for yourself you are responsible for your own happiness breakfast club bitches y'all finished or y'all done 